This is Full-On Gamer, and I command you to save or die. Why? Because I'm the GM. That's why. D20 Radio, your gamer's role. www.d20radio.com You burst through the door, you find a small room filled with gold and jewels. And a red dragon. He starts to breathe. Save or die! Welcome to the Save or Die podcast. A podcast about classic Dungeons and Dragons. If it's in a box, we'll talk about it. Adventure number 13. We are back. The Save or Die podcast. I'm Vince, along with Liz, Glenn, and Mike. We're here for another adventure into the wilderness. How you doing tonight, Mike? Ah, uh, doing good. Doing yeah. good. So what have you been doing lately? Um, in general or just yeah. or <laughs> classic D&D? In general. In general. Well, um, grading, getting ready to grade finals, dealing with complaining students, you know, the usual. Sounds like fun. Oh, yeah. And our ever-so-happy Glenn, how are we? Uh, happy, 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 I'm fine. Hmm. I spent spend the week getting this freaking show on the on its feet and open, and I'm exhausted. So <laughs> That's not I'm, this show. No, 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 my stage show. <laughs> it's just, yeah, musicals are a lot of work, I'll tell you. That's because you're an actor. Yeah, unfortunately. Well, that may soon end, I don't know. You said you were up for guess, another gig, you said, another audition, right? Well, no, I had another show after this one, but after that, it's like, I may devote myself to podcasts, so... Save or die? Yes, of course. Of course. Or you Save gonna, or die is my life now. Yes. Or are we going to have the Glenn show? <laughs> we could do RFI, or, blah, we could do yeah, Save or Die as a musical... <laughs> Sorry, I just downloaded the RFI 37 and I haven't listened to it yet, so it's uh, kind of on the screen. You know, we, should... this, keeps, this keeps up, we're going to have to meet for like a softball game or something, RFI <laughs> versus Sod or something. Yeah, but which team would I be on? <laughs> You'd be well, the referee. You, yeah, okay. I was going to say, yeah. I'll be umpire. Yeah. You're know, the, the umpire, yeah. All right. We are Part- so going to lose. <laughs> <laughs> and Liz, what have you been doing this week? Oh, gosh. Working on schoolwork. I'm this close to graduating in about less than a month now. Yay. So Yay. all of my classes are piling work on us as the t- semester draws to a close because everybody's behind schedule. It's like, oh, we've got to get all this done now. <laughs> so that's most of what I've been doing. I've been doing a little bit of reading for fun and generally just... Just hanging out. It's a madcap life we have. It's a hard <laughs> knock life for us. <laughs> no. Hey, we've already got the musical started. That's right. All right. All right. <laughs> All right, let's head downstairs and go into the cauldron room and uh, see what's going on down there in the bubbles. Stop kicking me downstairs. Well, Glenn, you're an easy target. What can I say? So, uh, what have we done classical? Anybody done anything classical lately? I read this week's module. 
Oh, so did I. I think yeah. we all did because, you know, the show. Well, yeah, but that's a major achievement for me. It takes me like a month to read anything. Yeah. <laughs> Mike, what have you been doing other than reading the module? Um, I suppose other things getting ready for the show kind of count as that as well, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, okay. So, um, other than getting ready for the show, not much. Like I said, getting getting everything caught up with the students who have waited till the very last minute to get things done. Although I did manage to find uh, a certain short story, a Conan short story that I've read, which actually plays into this module, but I'll talk about that when we get uh, to the products of your imagination. Okay. Um, cool. But yeah, that's been pretty much it. I've, I'm still working through Thorcammer's uh, XS1A module, uh, Wearscalot. Uh huh. So I'm not quite through that yet because everything's been piling up, but that's probably been the classic I've done this week. Hmm. I haven't done anything classical at all, really, so I'm kind of ashamed. Yeah. Uh, actually, I found a, uh, I found another module that might be, in, uh, you, I told you guys about this. It was uh, Adventures in the Rainbow Lodge. Yeah, the kid, and, the, the kitty type module. Yeah, yeah. Th this is for actually kids up to twelve to introduce them to D and D. I thought that would be kind of interesting to talk about in some future show. Didn't the, the guy That's, who has that bear symbol? Didn't he do that one? Yes, he did. That's what yes, he did. And, and you know who you are. Uh, he so. listens. He listens. He's cool. I, I've spoke to him. He does good modules. Yeah, yeah. I'd like to, I'd like to to review review that sometime in the future. Well, uh, I'll have to talk to the boss on that one. Yeah, well, put it on the list. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and if the list gets full, we'll throw it away and start a new list. So. Mm. I don't know. Talk to Mike. He writes the notes. <laughs> yes, I, just, and I, I sent just, an email just, out to everybody asking, what else do you... Okay, this is our list. Do you want to add anything? And I did. Nothing. No, 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 no. I did. You did? What? Remember I changed the show notes and I put things in? Oh, well, yeah, but not, yeah, that was the actual notes. I mean, the list emails where I said, you know, these are topics for blah, and these are topics for products of your imagination. Right. And I asked people, do you want to change it, modify it, add, delete, nothing. Because it looked good. Well, yeah, yeah, I usually go with what you do. Well, usually when I, when I, would, when I say something, I usually like, well, like a few shows down the road after we get all this other stuff, you know, cleared up. Translation, nobody else wants to do the notes. This is true. <laughs> I certainly don't. At least Liz is honest. Yeah, well. You don't want me to do the notes. <laughs> it might be amusing. Products of your imagination. Creeks and crawdads. Okay. No, we already have Glenn handling the emails now, so. Yes. Which we should have an, uh, enough pretty soon for another side adventure. Yeah, we got about seven or eight. Cool. We should. Any more voicemails? Uh, I did get a bumper, which will uh, be at the top of the show. Oh, okay. Cool. From uh, Full On Gamer from D20 Radio. Oh. So uh, cool. we'll put that at the top. Of, I'll put that at the top of the show if I can remember. <laughs> you did one of those, this is that and that from Full On Gamer. You're listening to. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, cool. Cool. I like those. Cool. Yeah, you too can call in and leave a bumper at 570-290-7283. Again, that is 570-290-7283 or save. Or call you, now. Call now. Operators are standing by to take your order. I mean, that's... Well, Vince, Vince is anyway. No, it just goes to a voicemail. 
<laughs> Voicemail is standing by. That's right. Besides, I thought you and Crispy were standing by. Yes, uh, new f- the website has been updated, new features, uh, new coloring, new design. It looks a little bit better now. Uh, there is a new feature on the website uh, called Ask the Dungeon Master. You can click on that nice little graphic and it will bring you to another page where you will find Glenn and Crispy standing by in video format waiting to answer your questions. All you have to do sometime. is... Yeah, sometime when they get to it. You just have to type in a question and they will answer it back in video format. You don't even have to leave your name. It could be anonymous. You can just say, Glenn, I hate you and leave anonymous and he'll answer that if he wants to. And I say, thank you, Jason. Uh, <laughs> wow. Oh, I'm sorry. He's my friend. I'm sorry. <laughs> anyway. Okay. anyway. Yeah. All right. I'll Let's... say thank you, Dad. Uh, <laughs> Let's uh, head into uh, Game On. So game on this week as we're running out in the street, no cars, what are we gonna play? What do we got? Anyone? Uh I I pick up the manhole cover and throw it. I don't know. Um Glenn. That's kinda rough. So subclasses in classic Dungeons and Dragons, such as the Paladin, the Druid, and I think Ranger are one of the ones also. Right. I started with Rangers. Mm. I kinda like Rangers. They got a little bit of everything. Where did the idea of subclasses come in basic D&D? Was that a later on thing, or did someone invent that along the way? I think Mike, well, Mike you know more about the history of this. So, Well, um, I think it just kind of evolved from the brown books. I mean, starting with Greyhawk, you had... Um, Pal- uh, was that the one with Paladin? I don't know. Um, anyway, I know um, Assassin and Monk were in... Uh, Blackmore, Druid was in Eldritch Wizardry, uh-huh. and then Rangers showed up in the Strategic Review, uh-huh. as well as Illusionist. And then when things split into AD&D and then to Basic, Holmes and uh, I believe Mulbay Cook just remained with the same core classes. Yeah, But Menser, and since you're the Menser guy, you can let me know, as it got around to companion, I don't remember if their expert did or not, but didn't they like start having what? And this may be a dirty word to say here, but prestige classes. <gasps> that was second edition. Um, no, I, I mean I, this was this was actually you know if you were a cleric up to level nine, you could decide to become a druid. Right, a druid, and other things. I think wasn't that in Menser? Well, it may have been like prestige no. class and everything, but name. Well, that's what I mean. It wasn't yeah. like you started in the class. It was you were one of the core classes up oh, to okay. X I level. Get you. I then get you. you were eligible to continue either as that class or jump over into this new class. Isn't that how dual class works? Yeah. No. Yeah, but... Um, no, there is no, there's nothing in the companion for men, so I'm looking at it right now. Really? Yeah, it's Maybe a, I'm thinking of the master set then. Masters? Hmm. Yeah, so I don't really see anything here for that. No. Fighter, magic user, thief, no, demi human, no. Saw we. Oh, well. 
Just the brown books do the cool stuff. <laughs> I could have sworn I have read that in the companion rules. Maybe it was in the Dungeon Master's version? It's possible. Well, no, it would have been the player's book, though. Yeah, it would have been the player's book. I don't know. Liz, what Maybe about, I'm wrong. What about I guess Holmes? I'm wrong. Liz, what about Holmes? Does it have subclasses in it? Uh, Holmes is pretty much just the basic stuff. Um, a lot of times in the Holmes book, he'll go on to say, you know, if you want to do more, the reader is referred to the advanced Dungeons and Dragons. Um, but yeah, for for your basic character classes, he doesn't really go into the subclasses much. I mean, we do have thieves and halflings as two separates. Okay. So you don't I'm, have just the halfling. Okay, I'm looking at the um, companion rules, page 14, druids. Druid okay. spells. Okay. Companion? Maybe I missed that. Now you got me looking. Let's <laughs> see. I've got these buried in so many directories. Okay, so we're looking at Metzer Companion. Yes, page 14. 14. Mike's showing us up. <laughs> I know. I'm not crazy, I'm not. <laughs> okay, so they had a druid subclass. His, his search foo is a little stronger than mine, so... Yes, there it is, the druid. Woohoo! <sighs> in all his glory. Neutral cleric of ninth level or greater may choose to study nature instead of remaining among, instead of remaining among civilized areas. Page 19, the paladin. I'll give you that one. Uh, <laughs> yeah, son of a gun, there he is. Page 19, the paladin, really. They don't have it in the directory, that's why I didn't see it. <sighs> Wait a minute, I got magic user on 19. I'm looking at Metzer, right? Uh, Metzer companion right now. Yeah, there's yeah, magic but... users on page 19. Yeah. Uh, you're thinking of, let me see, da, 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 no, that's Fighter. Oh, he's around here somewhere. I'll find him. Uh, at, the, at the very top should be Fighter? Yeah. That's on 17. It says Fighter. And, uh, yeah, no, right. It's 17. It is 17. All I got is Fighter on there. <clears throat> uh, okay, here, in the, in the text, it's saying something about becoming a knight. At a certain yeah, level. That, that's another one. Knight, a lawful wandering fighter, may be, become a paladin. Okay. Okay, they're kind of like... If he meets the following requirements. Ah, uh, okay. Otherwise, he will be a knight. And a chaotic fighter will be an Avenger. Be an Avenger. So, yes, uh, there are many, many subclasses. <laughs> <laughs> I read somewhere in one of the forums they said Avenger is just uh, anti-paladin under another name. <laughs> yes. Yeah, it is, basically. Okay. Right, Avenger so sounds so much cooler. It does. Yes. Actually, I, I want to be an Avenger. Avenger. I just, I the, can't help. It's Captain America. Ah. Fakes, those, fakes those silly PCs out all the time. I'm an Avenger. Oh, you're a good guy. No, I'm not. Well, <laughs> it looks like Mike gets the no prize this week, so we'll mail it out Yay. to him right away. Yeah. What is the no prize this week? <laughs> no, it's not. Not looking like an idiot. <laughs> oh, it's a new car. <laughs> yeah. No, the no prize. You, you know what the no prize is, right? Yeah, from the old Marvel comic days. Yeah, when people used to write into Stan Lee and just pick out things that were wrong or 
things that were stupid or something, they would acknowledge it. It came to the point that everyone kept writing in that he just started sending these no prize awards, and it just was like an envelope with a thing that said no prize in it. <laughs> there was no actual prize. It just said no prize. <laughs> well, if, if Stanley signed it, it would be worth something. Right. Yeah, uh, but I guess that's, yeah. Prize, but so. again, that was also a big rumor if that actually ever got mailed out to people. Yeah. Well, no okay. one ever proved nope. that it was uh, an actual award. Didn't matter. It was printed in the comic that you get the no prize. Yeah, it was in print. It must be true. In the bullpen bulletin. So there you go. Oh, anyway, Mike with his um, two no prizes this week. Anyway, um, <laughs> the uh, paladin in Brown Book was generally, um, it was just you're a fighter who always remained lawful. Uh-huh. You know, did very lawful things, and thus you just got some bennies. It wasn't a separate class. You just, right. you know, got the detect evil. The true, a true subclass. Yeah, the true subclasses, you know, were la- in the later books, Greyhawk, uh-huh. Blackmore, Eldritch Wizardry, and apparently Menser. Of course. <laughs> what I don't understand is what's a thief after that? That... Thing in That's the... advanced Dungeons and Dragons. Is yeah. What it is. Oh, is it is? Are yes. Unearthed Arcana. Yeah. I am. I am certain uh, on that. One. Okay. <laughs> Another useless subclass. Um. Okay. <laughs> my correction. <laughs> my my bad. Okay. So it looks like most of these subclasses you have to be a certain level to obtain them or meet certain requirements. In the Mincer, yeah. At least yeah. in the Mincer. Yeah. Some of them. And Brown Book like... for Paladin. Brown Book. Brown book, the three brown books for D and D. Okay. For the paladin in that series, the supplements, you you basically were, you were a fighter with just some extras. It wasn't a uh-huh. true subclass. Okay. Okay. Yeah, that's that makes sense. There's some subclasses where it's just like, okay, you hit this level, you want to be this, and there's no like prerequisites or anything you need. Wow. Yeah. Interesting. Subclass is something I've never really ever used in basic. Really? No, I've just stuck. To, that's I'm pretty much the same way when I play all my games. I never multi-class or dual class. When you get into I later editions, I rarely. Hate that. I'm sorry. Go ahead. I just said I hated that, but go on. I'm sorry. Oh uh, no, I'm said I rarely dual or multi-class. I can't even think of a character that where I did that. Um, mainly it's because I want to do some kind of con. You know, you want some concept that doesn't really fit into any of the one classes. That's usually the wide dual or multi class. But I can't really think of one right now. Mine were always like single class. And when I started D D, the Ranger was it for me. That's what the first character I ever did was a Ranger. And I thought the Ranger was like who wants to be a stupid fighter? This guy can go out in the woods, he's gonna get spells eventually, he's gonna have a companion. Screw the fighter, I want this. Yeah, but with a little imagination, you can make the fighter class into a ranger class. That's what I found out later. <laughs> oh, I was going to say, okay. Because just because it says magic user, and you think of a stereotypical magic user, doesn't mean he can't do, like, you know, herbalism, or he can't, or, you know, I don't know, whatever. I had a character who had healing as a skill. There you go. He didn't have potions and stuff. It's just he knew how to what flowers to take and this and put a poultice on there and bind the you know bind the wound that way and and it was slower than a healing potion, but it worked. Mm-hmm. So you're right. Yes. Yeah, and with the home stuff, I'm 
almost certain, you know, throughout the writing of the rules, Dr. Holmes was basically taking the opinion of most of the people using my rules are going to be new gamers, and they're not going to yeah. know a whole lot. So he kept everything very simple. Um, right. And while it wasn't as simplified as, say, some of the later versions of BASIC were, you know, as I said earlier, he's got both the halfling and the thief instead of making the halfling class, which the did thiefy things. Mm. Um, uh, but not all thiefy things. Only yeah, but not all. Things. Yeah. But, you know, yeah. he did at least split it up that much. You could be a halfling or you could be a thief. Mm -hmm. um, and so I think the whole point of tweaking your basic characters to make them more like subclasses, uh -huh. you know, that's something that generally doesn't occur to new players until they've been doing it for a while, and then they start thinking to themselves, hey, I could do this. I know when I first started playing, it didn't even occur to me to try to deviate from the written rules in the Holmes book, because well, yeah. it was just all so new to me, and but I wanted to know what I was doing first. With any game, it's like learn the rules, then learn how to bend the rules. I don't think that's true for everyone, because I had a new player in the group I was in formerly, and he walked into the group first time playing D&D &D ever in his life, and he was just, we were playing um, first edition, and uh -huh. he, we were just like, well, let's just stick in with the fighter as the easiest thing to learn so we can get the combat down and everything, and he was just like, all right, but can I be like, you know, a fighter that is, you know, goes in the woods and hides and... You know, he tracks things, and I was just uh, like, oh, so he wants to be a ranger then. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so he kind of uh, knew. First time with D&D &D or first time role-playing, period? First time role-playing, period. Ah, uh, hmm. okay. okay. Yeah, he was like, oh, until I want to play this type of character, and he was just like, no, 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 no I want to be able to do this, and so it just depends on well, I person. think that's where the ranger came from, is in the end people uh, looking and going, I want to play Aragorn. Yeah. Well, then you want to play <laughs> ranger. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> boom. I want to play Conan. Well, you're going to play a barbarian Barbar or, or or some kind or, of fighter, you know. Yeah. Yeah. That yeah, just make a really, you know, unmannersome fighter. Yeah, you got a barbarian, pretty much. Who hates magic. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I generally, regarding multi-classes, um, I ended up making up kind of like how the basic say for an elf is basically a fighter magic user, but they combined it into one class called the elf. Uh -huh. I did that for all the multi-class combinations and just made them mm. into singular classes because, yeah, nothing irritates me. Yeah, it's multi-classing all too often. You end up with like, okay, I'm a fighter ranger or a fighter magic user. Well, you know, I got XP in fighter this time or in magic user or in both. They're different totals. So now I'm second level fighter, but still first level magic user. I'm like, eh, yeah. forget it. Just make it all combined and you just rise. And, and you, have to and you have to watch what you're doing in the game. If you do something rangery and you're trying to advance in magic user, then, oh, well, you're not going to get the experience for that. You're gonna which get is a ranger. headache. Yeah, yeah, which is another headache for the DM to have to keep track of. Right. And yeah, I just nah, forget it. Or just make it one total. You go up in both, or you don't go up in either. You know, you just boom. Yeah, 
you're a warcaster and you go up to second level (laughs) and that's that you know yeah yeah pretty much Uh, yeah you can't put it in both a cd and a 401k we're just going to put it in one pile (laughs) oh man (laughs) i know the interest sucks but what can we do about it you know all right right so uh, how do you feel about, to uh, to wrap this up, feel about the subclasses? We'll start with Glenn. Good, bad, or you just really don't care? I love them. I mean, like I said, I started a ranger, and I don't mind people wanting to be a druid or an illusionist or something like that. I mean, as a DM, you can, you know, you, you it's your job to keep a lid on it. Um, and I'm pretty good at that. As a player, like I said, you know, sky's the limit as far as I'm concerned. All right. You know, okay. Liz? I like them too. Um, I do think that if you've got a brand new player who hasn't done any role playing at all, it's probably best to keep the options limited for them so yeah. they can get their feet wet. But if they really want, you know, if they've got an idea like your new player did, they already know what they want. I don't have a problem with putting in the subclasses since Holmes dovetailed so nicely with AD&D, it would be very easy to take subclass information from the AD&D rules and, you know, dump them into your home's basic game if you really needed to. So, I think they're nice. Okay. Mike? Yes, but I prefer the subclasses as promoted in the Brown Books and in Dragon Magazine. After all the hunting and vindication of the Mincer uh, companion method, I don't like it. <laughs> well, what don't you like about because they have to wait a certain level to do it? or? Yeah, um, it's basically telling people, well, I want to play a woodsy type, you know, I want to play basically a druid or a palette or something. And like, okay, that's great. You're going to have to wait till ninth level. <laughs> you know, and just... On the other hand, I do think you can get too many subclasses in. Mm. Like you were pointing out, there's a lot of things. For instance, I've never really liked the barbarian idea. I mean, there's nothing significantly to me different to a barbarian that you couldn't basically play a fighter or a ranger and just play them barbarian-y. Yeah. Um, yeah, you could I do think you yeah. can get yeah, mm-hmm. you know, neck deep in subclasses, and it's getting if I have one, if I have one. One complaint about second edition is then they took that concept and kind of went way overboard with it. Yeah, well, yeah. With with the prestige classes and all those splat books where, okay, well, I'm playing a um, a heretic, uh, and I, I, I do th- this and think that. You, I think you mean kits, Glenn, not prestige classes. Yeah. Yeah, second I'm, I'm, edition was kits. I think, yeah. I think I'm getting second and third mixed up here. Third, yeah, third was prestige uh, classes, yeah, prestige. which well, was, you know, they were much same. like the the Mincer stuff. Yeah, yeah but but they're take, taking it to the nth degree. Yeah, that's uh, why they went out of business. And um, so <laughs> basically, I think they're good. Uh, I don't agree with the Mincer rules as far as waiting to a certain level. I think they should be available to players at a lower level, especially experienced players. New players, no. Experienced, yes. So we're going to leave it at. We all pretty much like it. 
and we don't like second edition. Let's move on. Shut up! Wait a minute. And yet, as Mike said, we're going to be going to play a second edition game later this afternoon. Shut up! I believe that to bust Somebody on one of the forums said second edition is just first edition with better editing. (laughs) Oh, please. Not. Core. Core second edition. All right, well, blah, 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 blah. let's not argue about this. this is not what yeah, this is let's about. not argue about it. No <laughs> flame wars. That's nothing to do with ba- with classics. So we take what we want and leave the rest, just like your salad bar. Nothing up must leave. Crystal. You will come out no more. What? Huh? What'll come out no more? Random encounters. So random encounters. What do we have this week, Glenn? Other than I'm right. Um, well, let me too. bring the show notes up, like I don't have here. Man. Uh, we have Medusas. No, we don't. No, we don't. Um, <laughs> Cobalts. <laughs> Cobalts. <laughs> we have we have the most exotic of all men. Men. Manly men. 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 men so men. I guess Liz is going to take the lead on this one. It's a man's life on Keep on the Borderlands, <laughs> right, Liz? Right, right, right. That's all. That's all. All right. Stop that. Stop that. <laughs> so we got men. When I first saw Mike write these notes up, I'm like, men? That must be really... I looked through the the, the Mulvey book, and I'm like, men, 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 men. I'm like, okay, maybe he means normal human. <laughs> Except there are in the monster section... Now you see, I called it men because in ba- in Brown book it's listed a big category of men, but in yeah. Holmes, Mulvey, and I assume Menser, that Menser isn't my job, but <laughs> they did the same thing. But they don't. They break it into acolyte, yeah. bandit, buccaneer, uh, berserker, et cetera, et cetera. Now these have their own their own uh... write ups. No, I mean entries. It's not like a yeah. man. Yeah, None there's not just yeah, there's not just men, and it's yeah. weird because you know elf is just elf. There's not you know tree elf or yeah. or you know plains elf or whatever. But yet men get all these different little subcategories. Well, it's, I think it's the same thing. Like you know, you don't have classes for the demi humans. The same the same type of thinking. You know, this is humanocentric, so we will give them all these other types of men, and you know. Except, acolytes are just first-level clerics. Yep, but they get a monster listing. (laughs) Some could be pretty scary, Um, but uh, yeah, that that makes no sense, really. And they have berserkers, which are just basically fighters that go berserk in battle. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And bandits, well, in Brown Book, before the, you know, the three core books, they were just, Thieves. you know, a group of fighters and fighters, magic users, maybe even a cleric in there or two. Uh-huh. Because the three Brown Books, there was no thief class. Thief didn't show up until Greyhawk. That's right. Okay. So, yeah. But uh, I don't know about the other sections, or the other versions, but Brown Book... You can definitely see the wargaming aspect uh-huh. of the beginning of Dungeons and Dragons. It's like, you know, here you roll, here's how many, you know, heavy heavy footmen they have or light lancers on horse. And it's like, example, you know, the party runs into a 
group of 183 bandits. Of gnomes. And they break <laughs> down into this category, you know, and I'm like, okay. Tinker. 183? I mean, because you could roll up hundreds of these things. Oh, Lord. And yeah, yeah. I, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think in later basics versions, they narrowed them down a bit. Then you didn't run into 183 bandits, did you? Mm-mm. Well, in Holmes, um, all it says is for every 30 bandits, there will be a fourth level fighting man. And, you know, then it goes up from there. You know, for every 50, there'll be a fifth or sixth level fighter. Over 200, you've got a 25% chance of a magic user. And, and after you that, know, and after yeah, that's that. basically, yeah, that's basically the stuff from the Brown Book. And after 500, you get Darth Vader. Okay. Exactly. You know, <laughs> but, um, so while in the Holmes monster list, you know, it doesn't say specifically how many you're going to run into. From the write-up, you're looking at a bare minimum of, you know, 20 or 30 bandits. Uh-huh. And it can just go up from there to just ridiculous numbers. It's like you're yeah. you're riding down the road and you're surprised by a group of 300 bandits. It's like, mm-hmm. how does that happen? <laughs> and yet in Mold Bay... They only do like one to twenty, twenty to thirty. Mm-hmm. Three, to, yeah, three to thirty. It's one to eight or three to thirty. Yeah. So it's it. They seem to have made a major jump away from the, I guess, the wargaming aspect. Well, that was the whole point of those. Holmes to to uh, Mold Bay. Mm-hmm. Though at least I would say Holmes. What did it put in number appearing? For what? Or did it have a number appearing there category? There was there was no number appearing. Okay, um, it just said yeah. for every blah. Yeah, like I said, you know, there's no specific number appearing range given, but in mm-hmm. the write-up, you know, the lowest number they give is for every 30. So they're they're thinking you're going to run into a lot of bandits. And you would make your own, you know, you'd make your own assumptions. If there are under 30 bandits, there aren't going to be any fourth-level fighting men. Hmm, so yeah. chances are they're just going to be pretty low levels if you're in a small band. Hmm. Um, and then your higher level, your higher numbers, you have the really, you know, you've got the magic users, you've got the clerics, and they go into the breakdowns like you're doing with miniatures too. You know, 25% will have bows, 25% will be cavalry, 10% will be medium horse with chainmail and shield, and, you know, getting into all this stuff. So, yeah, I would say for, for certain the the miniatures war game is, feel is still there in even in the Holmes book. Uh-huh. And they even they even go as far as putting in the medium class, or medium monster, which would be a, a magic user. They have okay. nobles. Which they have is what? A noble. A noble, noble. Which is, is been, this in? This is this is, in Menser? No, this is Mulva I'm looking at. Oh, okay. And then they have normal human. Uh huh. Which is a normal human. Joe Blow. That yeah. does not yeah. seek danger or adventure. Mister Zero Level. Yeah, but then they also have a veteran, too, which is pretty much a low-level fighter coming back from battle. Right. Mm-hmm. Wasn't that a subclass at one time? Veteran? Uh, n- mm-hmm. No. 
No, maybe Sound I think it didn't go third edition. Yeah, okay. or I seem to recall Veteran being a level title in AD and D. Yeah, but I don't remember which level. <laughs> okay. First, I think. Anyway, so yeah, I mean, and of course in in Brown Book they get even more detail because. You could have bandit, bandits, but you could also run into brigands, which are bandits, only yeah. plus one morale and chaotic alignment. Oh, boy. And then they have buccaneers and pirates, which are different from buccaneers, which Darn. are, is this, whoa. <laughs> Everything's nope. better with pirates. Yep, but no yeah. ninjas. No ninjas. And giant robots. Ooh, yes. I have, speaking of ninjas and pirates, I do have a copy of Ninja Burger now. Cool. How is it? Uh, it's awesome. <laughs> cool. Yeah, I've heard about it. I keep wanting to play it sometime, but another time for another day. Uh, yeah. So, how do we use men in general, oh, Liz? Let me count no, the kidding. ways. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I threw it over to our lady cohort today. How would well, you use men? Well, they're, they're how would you use for, men, Liz? They're great for foot rubs. Um, <laughs> <laughs> So I could just see the normal human coming up to Liz giving a foot rub as an attack, right? <laughs> Great place to put the dagger. And I tend to have cold feet anyway, so they're also great for putting your cold feet on. There's all yeah, kinds of things you does. can do. It's oh true. Well, I gotta say, I, I tend to prefer, naturally, the way the Holmes rules does it rather than breaking up your men into bandits and brigands and pirates and blah 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 you know you've got bandit and if you want to make them into pirates okay well they're just bandits on the water so you know just use the same bandit rules if you're going to use pirates are the the only other differentiation they make are the berserkers and even then the description is really brief. Berserkers are simply men mad with battle lust. I was going to say, and, doesn't it just break down to like a special attack on a fighter? Yeah, well, I guess mm. you have the special attack because you've got plus two to your attack roll. They never uh -huh. retreat or surrender. They always fight to the death. And about the only other thing that makes berserkers different is that you'll only find fighting men. You know, you're not going to find any magic users or clerics in a berserker band. They're all just fighters. And they're always considered neutral. You know, so there are no evil berserkers. They're just... Berserk on everybody. They're just berserk. That's right. They don't care what alignment you I are. I would love to... It's too bad. I'd love to see a berserker magic user. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he jumps up in the air and all these spells spit out of him. <laughs> He's everybody a living wand of wonder. Yeah. Oh, wow, yeah. Um, I'm not really sure what to say about this. Um, I don't generally use men mm -hmm. as a monster. Neither do I. Um, I would just make them into I would just make them into NPCs, um, and they'd have their own personalities and their own, you know, reasons for doing what they do. So. Yeah, it would be. A, it would just be a an NPC sort of. We already are thing for me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, kind of weird. I've never used actual like bandits, acolytes, uh, or 
normal humans. I just I mostly go when it's a monster, yeah. it's a monster. Yeah. Something that's not an elf or And you know the the, the the berserker thing you were talking about. You know, you could just like that could be a template, period. Here's a berserker template. You got a fighter, slap it on there. As that silences the whole class. <laughs> I, I, I sure know how to suck the air out of that room, don't I? <laughs> I'm well, thinking about it. Yeah, it's. I don't know. I, I'm not one for templates, so or templates. Well, so it seems like it would be pretty easy, you know, assuming you had just a basic fighting fighter. Like, yeah. You know, the only real difference is you've got plus two to your attack because you're a berserker. You know, there you go. Um, <laughs> Everything else is attitude. <laughs> yeah. Um, if I was to use the bandit as a monster type encounter it would it would probably be as you know your standard ambush as you're traveling along the road or whatever um perhaps a perhaps an army of mercenaries and the individuals that the party is trying to work against you know, they've commissioned these mercenaries to try to get rid of them. Um, I'm afraid I don't have just any real incredibly nifty ideas on how to use them. <laughs> yeah, sadly, they're just not really... They're just men. Yeah, <laughs> just well, men. Okay, uh, men. Now, I'm assuming we're taking, in this case, for these purposes, we're taking the universal men... So what about Woolman as these stats? Are there any differences in that? Any different ways we could use them? No, D&D is pretty much genderless as far as... They just use the men term for both. I mean... Although okay. there were Human. some... I there were there some might... interesting... Sorry, sorry. That's okay, that's okay. Go on. Come on. I was going to say, there were some interesting... Articles in early Dragon magazines about the differences between female characters and male characters, uh -huh. and should certain stats be reduced because one oh, is female? And Dragon um, magazine number two with Lindelof's article, uh, <laughs> women in D and D, and it basically came up with the Valkyrie instead of the fighter, the Chantress, maybe. Anyway, it basically had had a. Uh, I think the Amazon was in there of too. The core classes. Yeah. yeah. I think and the Amazon was in there too. Them. I don't um, know. I always thought D and D was pretty much genderless. Any any male or female could be whatever class, and there were no well, restrictions regarding it. Well, yeah. I just wondered if there was anything. This was just an alternative. Uh, I just thought there was some. There may have been like some unique characteristics that the female would bring to the table as far as an NPC goes, rather than a male or vice versa or something. Um, but yeah, it is. Hmm. Once again, I concede. Yes, it is genderless. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, well, let us know how you use men in your campaign. <laughs> Watch out! They might tell us <laughs> in the G-rated way, of course, or it could be PG as long as it sticks to uh, game tactics. Save yeah. or die podcast at gmail dot com, which Glenn will gladly take your email and respond back to. And, Say what? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and let's uh, move on to uh, 
products of your imagination. Your dungeon master has placed you in a dreadfully precarious position. They're right next to you. Well, all you do is we play the characters we talked about earlier when we run around and stuff. I want to show you a trick Mother showed me when you weren't around. Use your lightning bolt. Victory is yours. I'm attacking the darkness. <laughs> Dungeons and Dragons games. Products of your imagination. You're not there. You're getting drunk. So products of your imagination, which I know... One person in the cast, or maybe two, have been looking forward to this a lot. As we're going to be reviewing B4, The Lost City. Before what? Before The Lost City. Oh, okay. <laughs> what happened before The Lost City? Uh, it was Not a, important. It was a city third, that wasn't lost. Uh, third base. Okay, go on. <laughs> no, who's on first? <laughs> God. Anyway, I know, Liz, you were looking forward to reviewing this module. Yeah, I actually ran this for Mike several years ago, and oh. it was a it was a interesting little module. And um, Mike's got some neat stuff to say about it too. Things that I had no idea that the module was based on, and stuff like that. But it was it's an interesting little module. Um, I, I don't know what to say about it. It's it's just really freaky. <laughs> Right, well, give us some, Mike, you have some interesting, give us a basic rundown of the module, what it involves. Mike? Well, how far do we want to go as far as spoilers? Or This module's been out since, what, 1970, <laughs> 80, whatever? 80 or something. If yeah. people yeah, haven't picked it up. last week I had to hold back because you guys are going to run it, so go ahead. Well, basically, as the title implies... The characters are start started off in a desert. Mm -hmm. They've lost their way. They're dying of thirst. Da da da. And they happen to come across. What was that? I don't know. I, I don't know either. Just, I'm just helping. <laughs> don't Say, help, Glenn. Yeah, don't, stop don't help. helping, Glenn. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, they managed to find through various little hijinks a underground city of survivors from the distant past who are being plagued by a giant evil demon menace um, and they need help. This is from the players, or the player characters. This is even more difficult because most of the, of the populace of the city are drug addicts <laughs> and spend their constant time on the hallucinogenic drugs yeah, and uh, there are factions that the party can interact with. They or the kid they can find themselves opposed by. There's a question as to the to the exact nature of the demon thing. Mm -hmm. Za za za. It's really neat, um, but my personal opinion is to do it justice, you almost have to run it as a mini campaign. Yeah. Yeah. It Reminds me of a, a some what reminds me of like an Indiana Jones and Temple of Doom type thing. For some reason, every time I think about this adventure, with a mummy vibe. Mm. Yeah, maybe that's even better. The mummy. Yeah, that's the first thing I thought of when I when I started reading it. One thing that I heard a lot of complaints about this module is that 
there are factions living, well, not living, I should say, in rooms like next to each other, down the hall from each other, that don't really do anything, but they're there. How can they coexist like that? And then there's like the lower level of this that's completely insane with monsters. It is. Mm-hmm. And just- a lot of levels, I, I, if I remember correctly, I only played in it, I haven't run it, but uh, I believe it's the, the module even gives you suggestions on making more levels. Yeah. You can insanely go on levels with this thing ever and ever. And the lower levels don't make sense as far as what some monsters are there. How did they get there? (coughs) Uh, There was this one part where there's killer bees in there, but there's yet no way the killer bees would get in or out and how they would survive. So (laughs) you might have to make up an excuse for that. Cracking the wall leading leading to maybe an underground fungal whatever that bees like i don't know yeah yeah well you know that era was pretty notorious for the funhouse dungeons i i thought that uh when i read it they had in the middle of it right after you got past the main part they had this wonderful half page on how to write a scenario and put a monster in you know how to how to build these things and it was really good saying the monster has to have a purpose to be in there, so we do this, this, and this is what we come up with for this room. And then it went on to show the lower levels, which totally ignored the whole thing yeah. <laughs> and just packed it full of monsters. <laughs> it was like this, It was like whoever... Uh, was it Tom Mulvey that wrote this, right? Oh, yeah, Mulvey. Yeah. It, was like, it was like Mulvey wrote it, and then like in the middle of it, he got fired, and they put someone else on it. It was just like, <laughs> screw it, let me just finish it. Yeah. That's what it looked like. It looked like he was in the middle of it. Someone TSR just went, at the eh. time, it might very well. That I mean, he explains, wouldn't have been fired, but he might have been moved to another project. Yeah. That explains something, because I thought it was weird that Moldvay wrote it, but it was re- referencing Menser. Yeah, I remember you brought that point up. Uh, that it was referencing Menser at the time. I don't think the Menser was out even out yet, was it? Yeah, that might have been a later version of B4. Mm. Uh-huh. It might have been a reprint of it, yeah. Yeah. Awesome. I know they... They reissued B1 to 9 at one point in Search of Adventure, where they basically ran all nine modules together trying to make a vague story plot out of it. Yeah. I never never tried reading it because just 1, 2, 3, and 4, trying to mesh all them together, it's like, yeah, yeah, you're going to do that well. Yeah. As you go through the portal to B3, hmm. So I don't know. This module is pretty cool. I mean, I like I like the first half of it. The second half is just a little insane. Well, I thought of it as like I was reading through it and says, you know, Vince would really like this because it does have box text, but it's short and to the point. Yeah, and it lets you make up whatever you want after that. They don't go into like like Tangle Manor going into florid, uh, you know, descriptions. It's just like here's this, here's this. This is what they smell. This is what they see. Go. Well, I do have to Closer say- to the original Tejo Manor than the yeah. game science version, yeah. Yeah, right. true. So it's like, yeah, Vincent loved this. And then the lower dungeons, I thought, wow, there's not even that. He's just going to love this module. <laughs> <laughs> well, the only thing about the lower ma- it was just that it didn't make sense as far as what everything was placed down there. But then again, Mike said they were infamous for doing that, and it's classic D&D. Nothing really made sense there. It was just a matter of running in, killing, and having fun, so... The point yeah. of basic D&D is the DM has to make sense. I mean, he has yeah. to make sense of the material. And quite uh, frankly, since a lot of these people living in this underground city, you know, they're 
all on drugs. They yeah. just sort of drift through their lives in a weird sort of dream world. Uh-huh. You know, half the time they probably aren't even noticing that the faction that they're at war with is living just next, next door. door. You know, <laughs> they're probably surprised almost every single time they see them. It's like, hey, what are you doing here? <laughs> Whoa, dude. Oh, what? Dude, come down here and check this out, man. But you could also work in a lot of political faction fighting if you wanted to, as far as role playing. And though I, as much as I like Tom Mulvey, I have to call shenanigans. Uh oh. Uh oh. <laughs> yes. In Weird Tales, published in 1933, an, an author you might know of named Robert E. Howard. Ron Howard? <laughs> published a short story about a barbarian named Conan. <gasps> oh, wow. A story called Shuthal of the Dusk, mm-hmm. or The Slithering Shadow. Mm-hmm. And it's about Conan and his flavor of the week staggering through the desert, dying of thirst, uh-huh. till they find a, a city out in the desert. Mm-hmm. The city... It appears to be one huge palace interconnected with corridors where people spend their lives in drug-induced hazes and are unaware that they are being threatened by a huge demon creature who Uh is feeding on them that Conan ends up having to fight. Let me know if any of this sounds familiar. (laughs) No, no, keep going. I'm I'm kind of... Well, well, it's a tribute, you see. (laughs) (laughs) So... How dare yeah, you I mean the him. story. Except for there are no masks. That you know the people aren't wearing masks. Um, it's Lost City. The the whole story is Lost City, except unlike player characters, Conan, as soon as he gets recovered and gets some water and stuff, bails out and goes back into the desert and says, "Screw this." <laughs> that sounds like him. The typical so, Conan. Yeah. But I, yeah, did he give an I, back? I have to point that out that this idea, while nifty, is not original to Mister Mulvey. Yeah. Well, you know, sometimes you got to draw inspiration from somewhere, and Tom just happened to uh, pull it from a Conan thing. So who cares? Yeah. Except he's, he tossed. Him. Yeah, except he tossed the giant boulder from Raiders in there for no reason at all. Uh, <laughs> Stop <laughs> bashing on the great Mulvey. <laughs> I like. Well, the great late Mulvey. I have no beef against him. It just now what you've told me about maybe they did yank him. That explains a heck of a lot. All my questions just went out the window. I understand. Okay. It well, really I'm not saying they did. I don't know. I'm just saying. Yeah, but I'm, it, I'm considering just... how TSR worked at the time, it's possible. Yeah. That's From what, what Gene Wells told me, a lot t- told told Vince. A lot of it seemed, you know, and. From what other TSR employees have said, it was kind of half-assed yeah, times. Yeah, we're yeah. some judges guild sometimes. That's why well, it's a bunch of gamers trying to run a company. I mean, you know. yeah, yeah. So it looks like someone. It looks like Tom Mulvey was actually ripped off of it, and someone replaced him just to finish it. Right. But, so let's but it's uh, got, let's. But it's got some cool Jim Holloway art in it. Rating the uh, dragons now. Uh, as usual, we'll start with uh, Liz. How many dragons would you give this? Out of five. Uh, I 
While I really like the concept behind Lost City, I think as written, I would only give it three dragons. Um, it does need to be more of a campaign than just a module. And not to give too much away for any individuals who, for some reason, may not be familiar with the module already, you know, the whole Zargon thing at the end, unless you do something utterly specific to it, it's not really dead. And yeah. you're going to go away and it's going to regenerate itself and you're not going to have changed anything. And if it's, yeah. just, a, if it's just a single adventure, the players are never going to know this. You know, the only point to having that happen with the monster is if, as a DM, you intend on bringing those characters back so that they can discover, hey, we thought we killed this thing. But there aren't any follow-up modules, and there's nothing Return to... Return to the Lost City. Yeah, so <laughs> now what's the point of doing that to, with the monster if there's never going to be any follow-up and the characters will never know? You know, there's, there's no point in doing it unless there's some way they're going to find out. That's hmm. my opinion, anyway. So I think it could have been really, really good, but I'm only going to give it a three. Okay. And we'll head over to Mike. Mike, what do you think? 2.5. Ooh. Ooh. Reason? Uh, basically, from what Liz said, but I have the additional thing in my craw that he ripped off Howard. Wah. <laughs> 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 All right. I mean, and- yes, there is paying tribute, but there's a difference between playing tribute and blatant ripoff. <laughs> Well, you know, in a tribute, you should put their name in there somewhere. That you're exactly. Doing Even if just as a generic NPC, the R-H word or something, to, as the end joke or something. Yeah, true. So, yeah, 2.5. All right, and Glenn? Well, I was going to give it a 2 after listening to Ooh. Liz. Um, but I'm going to bump it up a half a knot. Well, first of all, uh, you can, the module is fixable. Uh, for all the for all the flaws it has, because it's still got some it's still got some good stuff in there, um, good mold based stuff. But <coughs> if you want to go out in in for the time, uh, so I'm going to say 2.5 for the fixability of it and the fact that it's got some great Jim Holloway art in there. Oh, okay. uh, my favorite is that one dwarf who looks like the wingman at a bar where he's going, yeah. <laughs> I know what picture you're talking about. It's yeah, like he's it's giving, like, a, giving a thumbs up, like, ha ha. Yeah, it's just, it's like, you know, it's like, and there's a statue of this, this goddess back there. It's like, yeah, go for it, babe. Like, <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'm personally going to give this a 3.5 because it's my boy, Mulvey. And I really like this because I like the whole concept. I don't care if he ripped it off from someone, Mike. Uh, <laughs> I like it. It's kind of Indiana Jones. This is kind of it's. It, it was a fun read, and I mean, I'm sorry that when back in the day I didn't collect the modules and actually read them. Now that I'm rereading them, or I should say, reading them for the first time, some of them, I'm enjoying it because I missed out on them back in the day. So, this would be a fun little mini campaign for like two or three weeks, I think, of game yep. sessions. You know, once oh, a week. At least. Well, if you if you played my old group, this would probably be one session because they like to play for twelve hours at a time. So ah, okay, <laughs> yeah, they're pretty insane. They start at like twelve in the afternoon and want to end at midnight. It was just like okay, enough, guys. <laughs> <laughs> so overall, between Liz giving it a 
three, right? I believe mm-hmm. you said. Yeah. Mike two one two 2.5. Yeah. Glenn's 2.5 and my 3.5. It looks like it evens out to be a little bit above a three. Three-esque. Three-esque. 3.5 about. No, a little low, less than 3.5 because uh, I was the only one that gave it a 3.5, so it can't be a 3.5. Now, somebody should go through all these episodes and just pull out the ratings and just list them on the website. Well, Glenn, you did it the last time. You can do it again. I yeah. had, I have no doubt that you were going to ask me, so <laughs> <laughs> I guess I can. So tell us what you do. Um, if you've used this module, give us a call, 570-290-7283, the Save or Die uh, specialist hotline voicemail where... Our little minions are standing by to take your message. Tell them what you think are little cobalts for Liz. <laughs> hey, it's a, hey, it's a jerk again. I'll just tell them anything. That's right. Or go to uh, the website, saveordie.info, and click on Ask a Dungeon Master. Ask the Dungeon Master and tell Glenn to talk about something. I don't know. but uh... well, well, ask Crispy if you want the right answer. Ask me if you want the wrong answer. Yeah. <laughs> okay, and that'll don't forget our forums. Uh, that's right. That's Go right. to the dragonsfoot.org/forums, and in the classical Dungeons and Dragons, we do have a forum where we get a lot of feedback, a lot of good info. People giving us some great reviews and telling us how wonderful we're doing. We thank everybody for taking the time, and for people that go on uh, iTunes and give us a five star uh, rated review. If you want to do that, we'll read it off for you, so you can get a shout out. We appreciate and, that. And Vince will come to your house on Thanksgiving and make your turkey. No, he will not. <laughs> Glenn, but, Glenn will come to your house and be your turkey. <laughs> Glenn will dress up as a turkey and dance and sing for you. Yeah. And Mike gets the kickbacks. Okay. <laughs> That's right. So let's take our ripped backpack, I mean our ripped shirt and our torn backpack and head down the road. On the highway into the of the desert, into the desert, of the, the the highway of lost dreams, crying. Look a temple, look a pyramid. Uh, I hope you guys enjoy the new intro that Glenn put on the show. It's interesting, and enjoy it. And uh, save or die, you I, can make the save. Goodbye. <laughs> and I kept Bye. losing. Bye. Good night, everybody. If you have any comments, please email SaveOrDiePodcast at gmail.com or visit SaveOrDie at SaveOrDie.info. Follow the cast on Facebook slash SaveOrDiePodcast or follow them on Twitter at TheEvilDM.